Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. New week, new movie, new theme. Who's excited? Me. Me. You guys. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, right here. Pick me. Welcome to Let Me Introduce You. I'm one of your three hosts. My name is Graham. My name is Katie. And my name is Ashley. We are three friends who've known each other for a long time, went to film school together, know so much about one another, have so much in common, with the exception of our taste in movies. Each episode, we introduce a favorite of ours to the other two who watch it for the first time. We talk about why that movie is important to us. And then, yeah, we dig into it. So this week it's exciting because while it being our fourth episode, it's our first in our mini series of spooky, scary movies. So for the next, the next three, ooh, spooky. So the next three episodes are going to be centered on this topic. This week is my pick. But before we get to our pick, you know, I feel like, y'all, when we pick Spooky Scary, we're really doing a tribute to Katie and her. Obviously. Her Obviously. love. Yeah, her love of horror. But yeah. I actually felt bad because I was, with choosing Spooky Scary movies, I was worried that I was setting you guys up to fail to choose movies that I had never seen. But you both delightfully surprised me in picking movies that I've never seen, especially with the one that we're going to talk about today. Yes. It seems like everyone I've talked to has seen it. Yes. And they're like, oh yeah, you never saw it? I was like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll let you introduce it, Graham, but yes. Oh, yes. You went to film school, Katie. Oh, I can't believe you haven't seen that. I know. I know. Uh, How horrible. How I've have seen you not so seen many... all 20,000 movies that have ever come out? People always said that to us. How could you not seen that? I'm like, there's literally, there's not enough time in the day. <laughs> so I would like to say for the record that going to film school does not mean you have seen all the movies or have even seen all of the quote unquote best movies. Yeah. Like I didn't see Godfather until maybe like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think I've ever seen Godfather. Okay. Well that's a future app. Write Put it down, it add it to the list. list. Add it to the list. Yeah. Going to film school just means you're just a little bit pretentious. <laughs> just a little bit, just tiny, tiny, tiny portions. Today we're going to be talking about the 1990 thrillomedy, arachnophobia, which is my choice to start off this, this new little mini series of ours. Arachnophobia is a film that came out in 1990. It was directed by Frank Marshall, who was his prolific film producer who worked very closely with Steven Spielberg. He produced Poltergeist, The Color Purple, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the Shelley Long movie, The Money Pit, and many more. So he, this was his directorial debut. Spielberg was involved. It was produced with Emblem Entertainment, which was Mm -hmm. kind of Spielberg's, one of Spielberg's companies. It was the first film ever released by Hollywood Pictures, which is a subsidiary of Disney. So Disney had all the kids' movies under Walt Disney Pictures, and they had Touchstone Pictures, and this is their first with Hollywood Pictures to kind of release more adult fare. Came out in June of 1990, made $53 million at the box office, a modest hit back in the day. Yeah, so I think like adjusted for inflation, we're looking at about $105 I don't know that math. I'm going to pretend that I do. But <laughs> if you say it with conviction, it can be true. USinflationcalculator.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's .biz.net. Yes, yes. So uh, I think it's ironic that I'm the one introducing the first horror movie of this series because I hate it. I hate horror movies. Just never was a genre of choice for me. But actually rewatching this, 
it, it is fun to be scared. Yeah. So that's like kind of the ones that I gravitate towards. But I mean, Katie, it's definitely your you know, cup of tea, this whole genre. Ashley, you like horror. Yeah, I I like it. You know, I'm like a 30-year-old adult. Oh, be proud of your age. Is <laughs> still like kind of afraid of the dark. Yeah, so oh, horror and I are like, is it cool? I remember in college, I saw The Exorcism of Emily Rose and like I could not sleep that night because I lived yeah. alone. It was senior year and I was just like, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. and then it became three o'clock and I was like, it's that time. Yeah. So, but I like it. I like how much it draws you in. I like the building tension and then the release that comes. Mm. And then I like that, unlike the hellscape that we're all living in, it ends. What do you mean? What are you referencing? What? I don't know. It looks <laughs> like Everything's fine and dandy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so actually, when you guys talk about horror, that brings me to a really good point. And something I didn't think about until I was watching this movie. But obviously, there are many, many different types of horror movies. And there are many different things that scare people, which is why I think a lot of people gravitate to this type of genre, because maybe they like monster movies, or maybe they like supernatural, or maybe they like whatever. And so as I'm watching this movie, I start thinking about what scares people. Because when I watch horror movies, I watch them because I like seeing the special effects. I like having a good time. I don't get scared because most of the horror movies I watch are things that could never happen in real life, or they just don't scare me because of their implausibility. And I'm watching this one, and I'm like, this one seems a little silly and stuff. And I didn't think it was that scary, but it's the type of movie that scares you when you turn it off. Because as I'm walking around my house, so I live in Los Angeles, I live in California. There are lots of spiders here. And uh, as as a New Yorker who moved here, I was not familiar with seeing black widows and brown widows in my house. And, uh, or, or around my house. And since moving here, I have been bitten by mm. a brown widow. I have seen <laughs> black widows in like near my car. So these are things that are very real, terrifying factors. And so, yeah, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, okay, this is not that scary, but I could see how when you turn the movie off and you like mm. walk to the bathroom or do whatever you're going to do after you finish watching the movie, you're going to start looking in the corners and things and start freaking So reasons out. to never visit Katie is that she has Fine. black widows. <laughs> yeah, so, this hits very much home for me. I am an arachnophobe. I'm part of the 6% of the population that, that has this irrational fear. This movie terrified me as a kid. Our family must have rented it off of at Blockbuster thinking it was going to be this fun you know, romp for the family to watch. And I just remember remember screaming, running out of the room, unable to handle myself. Because for someone who's scared of spiders, this movie is really hard to get through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you like Jeff Daniels in the movie? Are you scared of spiders because of a specific incident? You know, growing up, we lived briefly in Charlotte, North Carolina for a couple of years after we lived in Kentucky. And I remember I had an experience with being covered with daddy long legs in Ew. our little clubhouse, <laughs> which by the way, are one of the most poisonous spiders in the world, but they're- That's, But they but can't penetrate Exactly, they can't, pen- yeah. they can't penetrate you. So- <laughs> Not without your consent. Not without my consent. There are poisonous yeah. spiders in the continental US. Um, it's, you uh, push up your glasses whenever you say something. Dirty. I know. Katie's no, they slip down. Because <laughs> you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
But this movie just got kind of stayed with me for years. Whenever it was on TV, I kind of dared myself to watch it. And I find that I on Instagram, I, I, I was watching this last night and I put up a couple scenes on my Instagram and the amount of messages I got from people around our age who said, this traumatized me growing up. Um, There's a lot of people that, that this really resonated with that are around our age. Y'all, I didn't even have to watch it for it to terrify me. Like, mm-hmm. I remember being really scared of spiders as a kid. And then somebody told me that you eat something like eight to 10 spiders a year, right? And this was before the internet. And I was a stupid kid who just believed everything. Yeah. And so I taught myself to sleep with my mouth closed which I think was really just teaching myself how to grind and clench my jaw all night, <laughs> to which I still have problems with that. Yeah. Today. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck but you, spiders. You're ruining I, have, <laughs> I haven't eaten any spiders. They've probably just crawled in through my nose. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, they're just having a good time in your, in your, no- in your nasal cavity. That's what's going oh. on. I'm not an arachnophobe by any stretch of the imagination. So small plug for the Los Angeles Natural History Museum. I volunteer there and every fall winter they open up the section of the nature garden and they turn it into the spider pavilion and I've talked to Graham about this a bit and he is like immediately shut it down no I can't you so said, what yeah, it is no. you like send us photos first of all trigger warning terrifying creatures <laughs> coming through <laughs> in your phone oh yeah I remember so I this text chain we were so mad at you Katie <laughs> Sorry. So, the, so the, the spider pavilion is just like a garden that's outside that you walk around. Like in the summer, they have butterflies and you can walk around and the spiders are actually just spidering around. They're all orb weavers, so they're they're not going to bite you, but they're all just like making webs and stuff. We're, like in the barn? Like that big? Yeah. Well, the biggest one we had was like a, uh, it was a Brazilian one. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's like the size of a whole hand. Okay, that's, what? okay, well, you know, first of all, I'm recording this in my closet and I'm like convinced that there's going to be spiders in here during this conversation. So let's just. Um, well, I was when like, I was like, I forced myself, like, because yeah. I was a little nervous. You're walking around this thing and you're supposed to be able to talk to museum guests about the spiders. And so I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make myself go through this. And I did it and I actually really enjoyed every weekend you, I hang out in the spider pavilion and I talk to you a lot of spiders and you get look at them really close and see their webs and learn about them. That's opposite when there's a spider in my house. Oh I yeah. Like spiders in my K- house. Katie, I'm curious if people who came to the exhibit, did you see anyone like freak out or were notably like visibly nervous? Yes. So yeah. there are definitely people who were forcing themselves to go in there or who were scared or the kids were scared. It's like when we have the butterfly pavilion, kids always want like a butterfly to land on them. But when it's the spiders, I've seen some people not do well with it, but most people are overcoming their fears and are very brave. So Was anyone saying therapy? while they were walking through <laughs> yeah because that's that's how you're supposed to be exposed to Exposure what you're afraid therapy. of yeah so if you In just like say therapy doses. walking through then it works <laughs> yes you should actually start telling people on yeah. on the advice of jeff daniels dr you should say therapy while you're walking through yes. i will do that then so when the museum opens back up noted in preparation for this episode i did look at lots of youtube videos about spiders and what are the world's deadly oh my god like <laughs> sorry guys this 
Was he a spider? <laughs> this was thing just spider? like grazed my leg and it's just the, the wire from my <laughs> microphone. But I, I was trying to watch scary things to desensitize myself before I watched this movie. It was enjoyable. Brandon was like, can you stop doing this? Because you keep screaming. So, <laughs> yeah. so listeners, I got a text from Graham last night where it's a photo and it's a check mark tally of Graham's scream count for scream this count. movie. We'll get to the final tally at the end. It was a scream count. Scream count, yes. Oh, well, I let's... thought you were telling how many people died. And I was oh, like, no. Oh, interesting. Um, no, that's just me I was screaming. Clearly tired. Um, so let's get, let's get into it. Let's get into the movie, Arachnophobia. Ashley, you're going to give us a brief plot, and then we're going to dive into our discussion about it. Absolutely. So our film begins in South America, which we later find out is Venezuela. I watched this movie outside last night and it was in the, cause you know. Glutton for punishment. Well, you know, it's like Minnesota and we can't go outside and it's cold. So we we projected on the side of a friend's garage, except there was no closed captions. So I missed some stuff. Okay. Anyways, we start in Venezuela with some very, what I thought were very typical Spielberg establishing shots. Very beautiful. And this photographer wearing a Miami Dolphins hat is long and he's clearly scared of spiders. And all these spiders are like falling out of a big tree and butterflies after they sprayed it with some sort of fog, which listeners, that actually wouldn't happen. Spiders are actually very fragile, but not these spiders. Hollywood magic. The first 15 to 20 minutes, the first act of any film sets up the world that the film is in and so in this in the world of this film it would happen anyways there's a massive fucking spider that hitches a ride in a backpack and ends up biting this photographer and killing him instantly and then they send his body back to northern california and the spider hitches a ride in his casket And this is where all hell is going to break loose. So then we see Jeff Daniels and that one actress who's always the mom. Harley Jane Kozak. Thank you. Yeah, she's she's always the mom or whatever. And like they quit their big city jobs in San Francisco and she stopped being a stockbroker to come be a small town doctor and live that American dream or whatever. Jeff Daniels is going in to be the small town doctor. Small town doctor decides, oh, I'm not going to quit anymore. I'm not going to retire, setting up this tension. He gets this nice old lady who's like, I'll be your first patient and I'll throw you a party. Meanwhile, a crow had picked up the spider, but then the spider bites the crow mid-flight and all these spiders start to like proliferate in Jeff Daniels' barn. His wife like takes a picture of the spider webs and like, this is so gorgeous, not realizing the deadliness within. Mm. And then the old lady, nice patient, Margaret, she's the first to die. But then people think it's Jeff Daniels' fault because it was his first patient. And then the local high school football coach is like, I'll throw some business your way. And then we see this really awkward scene where Jeff Daniels is walking through a locker room, <laughs> cupping and coughing. I was too enthralled to, to write any notes for that. Yeah. Right? And then a kid who's on the football field dies and Jeff Daniels is there. And so now it's all this tension of like, he's now he's Dr. Death. All right. And then spiders just start proliferating. More people die. The mortician dies. We get John Goodman as the comic relief exterminator who I really enjoyed. Yeah. (laughs) And then it ends up that spiders are just taking over the town and Jeff Daniels, house and, 
Jeff Daniels is like reliving his childhood trauma of this massive spider just walking up his body. And he waits until it gets on this board that fell on him and he hits it and it flies through the air and starts on fire. And then he takes a nail gun (laughs) and somehow, I don't know how quickly all this was happening. It happened so quickly. And then he shoots the nail gun and then the big ass spider goes into the like pulsing orb of spider eggs and it catches on fire and it's all like ah. <laughs> and Jeff Daniels and his wife are calm the family moves back to San Francisco and we end with a gentle earthquake <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic oh my y'all if that's I wish we could put some post the video it was so dramatic <laughs> that was that was like the best like I'm like tell me more I'm like oh my god I watched it like 24 hours ago I'm like what happened <laughs> <laughs> I left so much out in short y'all I loved rewatching this movie it was so much fun I'm very curious to hear what your main thoughts were about it my overall thoughts are as it was starting it felt like Jurassic Park or it felt yes very of the director who was attached to it even though I know it's not Spielberg and I enjoyed most of it but I found I found it kind of boring okay there were little bits and little moments that made me laugh but yeah overall it was kind of like okay we can move it along it's kind of I, i'm like i get it where the where the spider and i was kind of hoping for bigger spiders but maybe that could be because i'm a desensitized person and i've seen too many of these things but i'm like okay where's this okay come on come on come on, come on. and then the end was fantastic from the moment that jeff daniels realizes that the nest is in his house and they get back to the house and then all the spiders are there that i was like okay i'm in i'm in for that yeah the thing that was also very fascinating to me was it reminded me very much of another movie i'd already seen called kingdom of the spiders Mm. with william shatner i watched a preview of that yeah yeah i i saw that a few years ago and it was god awful but the cool thing that made me so so first of all arachnophobia is much more entertaining than kingdom of the spiders also arachnophobia didn't kill any spiders in the movie while kingdom of the spiders did yeah in the making of it, you mean. In the making of it. Yeah, the they movie, were yes. very, they very were super careful. Intense. They were very careful not to harm any of the spiders. Like, I think Jeff Daniels said, like, we were secondary. Like, the stars of the movie were all the spiders. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, do you know what kind of spiders they were? Oh, I thought, not Brazilian. I think they were actually a certain spider from New Zealand. And then they actually, for whatever reason, they couldn't go back to New Zealand. Interesting. Um, they didn't get their passports, so they had their response. When you think of, like, customs, especially with, like, animals and things, like, that's surprising when they got them from New Zealand. Actually, yeah. that I did want to ask, so the movie starts with Mr. Manley, the photographer, dying, and the spider hitches a ride with him back to the U.S., Wouldn't, which which they named Bob. They named the animatronic big spider Bob. Big Bob. Yeah. That's adorable. But like, does, does customs check that? Like in real life? Does customs check dead bodies for parasites and things? It seems like they would. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not questioning the validity question. of the movie. Cause... You're not questioning the validity of the movie about the giant spider that comes to kill. <laughs> there are giant with spiders the in real life. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Anyway. I'm not sure. Uh, yes, in, in my, my 30-second feedback is I thought it was fun, a little boring, and the end was fantastic. I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I was really taking notes, and I was doing a lot of... <laughs> it's kind of being a nerd or jerk. 
and making a bunch of predictions. Because in my opinion, like well done films will bring things up and then we'll tie back to it later. Right. And so during part of it, I would be like, oh, what's this wine all about? What are we going to learn more about? And certain things would happen. And I'd be like, oh, that person's going to die next. And they're going to die, you know. And Bob just turns to our friends and goes, okay, she went to film school. She, she's pretty much right when these things happen. And I want to be like, I paid too much money to understand storytelling. Well, it's coming. It's, it's working 15 years later. So. It's so great. Yes. But then at one point, I just stopped taking notes because I just got drawn in. Like, I got scared. The sound design. Holy shit. Like, you know, in school, we learned what really separates amateur films from higher quality films is the sound design. You can expose a picture beautifully and just have it look amazing. But if your sound is shit or the effects are off, it completely takes you out. This was designed so well. I knew when it was building the tension and I was like, oh my God, something's yep. going to happen. And even though I knew it, I would, my, the feelings were yeah. still there. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. I definitely shrieked oh or cried out a few times, but yeah. oh, it was really well done. And like, see, I, had I didn't a think it was that cheesy. Sound, and it was mainly because of the tension and it could be the music, it, it, you know, probably not the sound editing, but more the music choices. Because there'd be something really, really scary and you'd be building tension and something scary happens and then it's just this very weird, calm music that didn't seem to fit. It felt like it was out of a completely different movie. Like when mm. in the beginning the guy dies, it's all scary sounds and it's all scary music. And then we're getting the pleasant drive into this idyllic town and the music was like, I don't know, it felt very of because like it the started, It's like, mix. oh, it's calm now. It's supposed to be a calm, idyllic town. Yeah, I get that, but it was too much of a switch for me only because it felt like it was out of like a 90s comedy and I'm like, okay, I get that this is supposed to be funny, but it took me totally out of it. I was like, what the hell is this sound? I wonder too, since the movie, it sounds like a movie didn't scare you as much that it you weren't the ideal audience member because oh, sure. for other folks who were so tense and freaked out, you need that release, we right? We needed like, it, yeah. Yeah, you can't stay up there. And I will say... The only comedy part of it for me was John Goodman. Yeah. Who doesn't show Nothing up until else, yeah. 48 minutes into the movie as this exterminator. I remember him being, this is like at the height of Roseanne. He was being quite advertised as being a big part of the movie. He's in it for about five minutes. Oh, yeah. He's that. barely in it. That's I have a cameo. A theory that I want to run by you both. Sure. Okay. Okay. So I love John Goodman. I think he's fantastic. Very excited to see he was in this movie. And yeah. Grandma, I was like, where is he? Where did we get to John Goodman? So John Goodman's the character Goodman. of, the, of the exterminator felt exactly like Walter Sobchak, his character from The Big Lebowski. The way that he speaks, the way he's super intense, the way he thinks he knows everything and is like the master of whatever the situation is, just really reminded me of Walter Sobchak. Now, uh, Arachnophobia was made in 1990. Big Lebowski was made in 1998. But... The Big Lebowski takes place in 1991 in Los Angeles. So my brain thought is the character Walter Sobchak was in Vietnam. He came back to California and he decided to run an exterminator in Northern California for a while. And so this is the same character. After this all goes poorly or after this all goes bad, he's like, I don't want to do spiders anymore. Moves down to Los Angeles 
and changed his name to Walter Sobchak, opened his security business, and then we get the Big Lebowski. So in my head, they, because they seem so similar. Girl, that that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I also hate the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I like the Big Lebowski. I love the Big Lebowski. Overrated trash. I love the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Oh, Graham, we're going to have some words. That is one of my all-time oh, favorite movies. Okay. Oh, this is why we're friends. We can't have the same <laughs> things in common. <laughs> I like how creative you are with your storytelling and your ideas. <laughs> you. To me, Walter is a little bit more intelligent or refined of a character. Mm. And I can see where Delbert became Walter later on, but I don't see them as the same. So the opening of this movie that's all in Venezuela, in Canaima Park, Venezuela, mm-hmm. and the movie ends up taking place in Canaima, California, which is a real place. I was talking about this last night. It's an extended opening. It's not mm-hmm. five minutes. It's a 20-minute part of the movie. And I was thinking about if this would, was filmed today, it would, we would be in and out of that situation within minutes, getting mm-hmm. directly to small-town America. Kitty, you mentioned parts of it were boring. Like I think the movie took its time to really build out this long story put those pieces together like for example the first victim in california which is margaret the lovely older woman who lives next door who throws in this party there's all these scenes between the doctor and her establishing their relationship so when she dies it's actually really sad because this old widow she just threw this big party she's drinking a glass of milk and then her crystal in in her crystal and she picks up her dead husband's photo and says, oh, you would have had too much punch at this party if it had been the life of the party. And Aww. says, oh, I miss you so much. And then she dies. <laughs> like, it's just like... Well, don't be sad, Graham. She was no, but I think it's, but it's like five minutes later. But I, I like how the movie took its time to, like, establish her as a character and give her this, like, really kind of beautiful last scene. Mm-hmm. Right? I just thought that was really, really sweet. And then, like, her dying is, like, really tragic to me. There are some deaths that football player, like, who cares? Like, the football player, yeah. like, it's just... The turn your head and cough scene is so weird. It's very so odd. Weird. Like, why did they even keep that in the so, movie? So, you know, Margaret's the one patient he has, so she dies, and the football coach... I'll throw like, some yeah, money at you. I'll throw some yeah, business at you. I'll bring you some business. That coach, his wife had one of the best lines in the movie, which they're at that party... And they're talking about, oh, yeah, my, my son's the uh, quarterback. And Harley Jane Kozak, the wife, goes, oh, nepotism, huh? And the mom goes, actually, we're Baptists? <laughs> oh, my God, I love that one so much. I wrote that <laughs> I down. Too. But the whole scene where he goes, they're like, all right, everyone, pull down your pants. And he's just, like, turning and evidently touching their testicles and, like, having them turn their head and cough. And I thought there was going to be a spider somewhere in that movie because it, it does <gasps> pan penis. Oh, it no. does pan down to where their underwear is and i thought we'd see one crawling but no it's just it's a long scene of him just it's like 15 guys he goes through where they turn her head mm-hmm. and cough do you think that's how they do it in high school football well rather? as a high school track no i'm just kidding i didn't i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. yeah that <laughs> that, seems... that seemed like it felt so weird and i was like so I was watching with Bob and his best friends from college who are married, like a man and a woman. And we were like, does that, that's really weird. Like, first off, does that happen when you're in high school? I'm like, oh my God, that's so weird that you guys have to go to the doctor and then they cup your balls and you have to cough. And they were like, well, we think it's weird when you go to the doctor and they go inside you. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. You know. <laughs> that's true. Well, the more yeah. you know. Gynecology. <laughs> 
I liked the slow build of this movie. I think it did a really nice job of, of setting the tone of it being like super scary, but also these like moments of respite. And it's a it's a different type of storytelling. I feel like over the last 30 years, really in the last 20 years, and I wish I was more of a film nerd to tell you how it started out or whatever, but we're seeing things that are so much more fast paced and so many quicker cuts and our attention spans have really been shortened based on that. And I think some of it comes from reality TV and some of it comes from like the outburst of how many fucking action movies are there. Ugh, Michael Bay, whatever. But it just, it really has changed commercial storytelling over the last 30 years where, yeah, I don't think the same type of film could be made today and I think there would have to be more spiders yeah. and bigger spiders and different and like it would all be CGI'd or whatever mm. whereas with the exception of the animatronic one everything else was real they took mm -hmm. such care like when John Goodman goes to stomp on the spider and actually he had a hollowed out sole in his shoe so that when he came down the spider would curl up and it would actually wouldn't hurt the spider and like in the water scene when the coach's daughter has the spider coming down on her they were very sure to get the spider immediately out of the water after that so it wouldn't be damaged because yeah. don't they spiders like breathe through their skin mm, or something and know. so like it actually would have killed them i'd like that they used real spiders because i am a practical effects nerd so i like that there was an acg granted too early for it to look even remotely plausible at this time but i also was so jazzed when i read that the big spider at the end do you know who made that spider who? I know, but go for it. It was Jamie from Mythbusters. Yeah. The guy with the mustache oh and, the, and the beret. Mm. And I love him. So I was so excited to see that, yeah. he made, that he made the big spider. Actually about taking the time to tell the story. It kind of reminds me of Hellraiser, actually, Katie, where that story took a long time to get going, but it was doing all of this world building and they were just a few mm -hmm. years apart. But it's still tough for me because I still think it was slow. And I, of course, I like films that take their time and I don't need that every five seconds jump cut. Like a horror movie is nothing without learning how to build and diffuse tension. Mm -hmm. So modern horror movies do that as well. When they run test screenings, I was talking to an EP who worked on Conjuring and he was telling me about when they do test screenings, they test the reaction time and making sure that the screams are balanced and making sure that the tension and diffusing of tension is equally balanced. So I know that people take that into account now, and of course that time has changed since this movie came out, but I also, I still want to stand by that I still think it was kind of slow and boring. It felt like Doc Hollywood plus Spiders at the beginning for me. Oh my god, Doc Hollywood, what a terrible movie. <laughs> It's available Although, on HBO Max. Yay! <laughs> we keep passing over it. Although anyway. I did get really excited. I was like, guys, Family Ties. Yes. I was excited to see Family Ties. On the TV before all the spiders come out of the television. So you were saying, Katie, towards the end, like things really hype up. The beginning, the reason the photographer is down there is because he's with a scientist who's trying to discover all of these different new species. Atherton. And Atherton, yes, Julian Sands. And once they make the connection that, oh, this is the spider that, that we saw in Venezuela, they go to Canaima to kind of figure things out. Which also, his co-scientist, the bespectacled guy, was like hot. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah his, I was like, like really into him. I was like, maybe that was a reason that I liked this movie when I was younger. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think his name is like Brian McNamara. So my my boyfriend and and uh, one a guy in our bubble was watching it yesterday, and we're, all three of us were like, "Oh, who is that? <laughs> I hope he's safe at the end." <laughs> but you know, it really amps up at the end is that spider has mated with the house spider and all of and these how like, creepy was it when they're oh my God, like, there's a, like, there's legs, like a love scene yeah. yeah when their legs were like interlocking as if they were like fingers and yeah. like, not was, to be weird but i was wild. like are they scissoring like, what's there's happening a, there's definitely like a mating scene in this movie i was like oh sexy see i didn't realize it was mating when i first saw it, i was like oh she made a spider friend and i was like oh no, no they're wait fucking. they're we're fucking. making some spider babies so and the, the babies they're making are all these, like, what do they call them, like, drone spiders? Or, like, what were they, like, soldier spiders soldier? or something? Yeah. Who have yeah, a very know. short lifespan and don't reproduce. So, like... No reproductive Now they're, like, so no trying to figure that. out, okay, so they've made it and they're going out in this web. And they find out that the nest is under the barn. And I thought that scene where Atherton has figured it all out and goes to, like, basically confront the spider. Yeah. And he is in this barn. It's, there's webs everywhere. And then he just pings one of the strands of the web. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, you think he would be smarter. Like, You're like, dude, it, are, come on. You just tested the venom of a small one. You want the general to come out? And then it's like, <laughs> and bites First of neck. all, that spider looked like it was thrown at him. Because I was like, are these jumping spiders? Are they flying? I don't know. But... When it comes to storytelling, I like that they established what he was doing. Because if they hadn't shown him in his lab feeding another spider, pinging the web, and showing what mm-hmm. that does, that would be nothing yeah, when we right. get to the barn. So yeah. I was like, okay, good. We're establishing like this action has this it. result. So then we do this action has a different result. People like audiences yep. still accept it and understand what's going on. Yeah, and it's so to tie it back to family ties. So like, okay, so he's dead, and then Jeff Daniels and and Hottie McHot with the glasses <laughs> barge into their house Hottie with glasses. Yes, Hottie McGlasses, where the wife. Harlan Jan Kozak and the two kids are are watching Family Ties and they're like, we need to get out of here now. And then thousands of these spiders just come out of just, everywhere. I love because that. Because the I queen was like, oh, had, had gone good. into his wine cellar with a sack behind her. and oh. So like that whole sequence I found a making of from like 1990. Like remember when they used to do these like half hour specials where they're like, upcoming, here it comes. HBO still does them. Yeah. So the guy who played Mr. Manley hosts it and they showed how they were directing these hordes of spiders in these scenes. So they, they would use like heat to get them to move, basically. Gentle heat, because spiders want to go into cooler areas. So you'd see these, like, men with these, like, little hair dryers just, like, gently coaxing these spiders. And they would put, like, lemon... Pledge. Like, something with le- lemon, lemon pledge. pledge, because spiders don't want to step on that. So they'd go around it to, like, kind of direct how they were going to... the spiders were going to move. Well, everybody knows spiders don't like to mop, so, I mean... I know, right? But it's like, I think that scene, like they're coming out of the walls or coming out of the TV and the bathroom and, and the sink. It is wild. We were just covering our faces and could not handle it. I was screaming so much that my dog, my dear Phoebe, a little, a little pitbull border color mix, heard me scream. And she was like, what is wrong? How can I help you? And she just like jumped into my <laughs> arms. <laughs> she loves you. There's another great foreshadowing in this sequence where... Because he's, like, in the basement earlier in the movie and talking about the rotted wood. And when he falls over the banister, that's why he crashes all the way down. 
into mm-hmm. the basement, which then that sequence in the basement with the general is unbearable. <laughs> I love that sequence. That was worth the whole movie for me is them in the house and him with that fight. You see him overcome these fears and you see him like stop being the giant baby that he's been. Granted, I understand having a fear of spiders, so not being that giant of a baby. Where he, that oh spider God. is crawling up his leg, and then there's a shot of just like the eyes of the spider I looking at him with like the fire in the back. Oh my God, right? And like Jeff Daniels just like reflected in it. I will say it, it was so great because he's got this whole wine cellar and like other liquor, and so. He finds spray paint and a lighter with a long nozzle or whatever. And I loved him just roaming around. Just yes. like, what the fuck? And turning it into a blowtorch because yeah. I'm a little bit of a firebug. So I'm like, fire. Yeah. And then when he is like looking for stuff, he gets stuff that says champagne, but it's not. It's obviously liquor. And he breaks it and like splashes it on the huge egg sack. And then when the huge spider Bob is coming for him and he's throwing wine bottles. And then he goes, no, not the, the whatever Bordeaux. the super, the Bordeaux. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the super but, expensive one was, was like, which oh, was like God. a callback to the very beginning of the movie. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All these Why would great he make callbacks. Such a big deal out of the $127 bottle yeah. of wine, which now I'm just like, I mean, yes, that's expensive, but you know, 1990 prices. Yeah. Before he even breaks that bottle of champagne or whatever the liquor was to throw it on the egg sack, I was like, there, we have a good can't must. Because we're faced with destroying the wine versus destroying the egg sack. Like, I can't, you know, (laughs) destroy all my precious wine, but I must destroy the egg sack. So it was a very good can't must for me and then i was like i know we're gonna get to that special bottle yeah yeah i love how i went through all of film school and this is the first time i've heard of a can't must um, same i've never heard of it, <laughs> it could but be a we're learning thing. yeah we use it in comics all the time this is a kind of sequence where i wonder what it was like seeing it with a packed house on opening weekend mm. this movie in general like if, if if you're scared of spiders like this is really hard to watch but imagine being in a theater with people and going through this sequence I wish I had been there. Have you guys ever heard of this movie called The Tingler with Vincent Price? Yes. No. Okay, so it's just this dumb horror movie. It was filmed in black and white, except all of the blood was red. And, like, the main monster in the movie is, like, this centipede-looking thing. And when they showed The Tingler in movie theaters, they actually would have, like air blow out at people or like no, they would shake no. stuff and so i was thinking if if they were to outfit theaters like that for arachnophobia and just that. have like you know even just a bit of air brush your ankles i feel like people would have lose oh. their goddamn minds people would have gotten hurt because they would have been like i'm out of <laughs> here <laughs> i will say it so there is something really interesting like you know we all watch this on our TVs or on a wall or whatever and watch with at least one other person but there is something where there are certain films that you really have to see them in the theater and in that truly communal experience with the surround sound and other Mm -hmm. people's reactions I was reading a tweet thread the other day about how they're delaying the new Candyman because they're like this film we made it to be seen in theaters and so we're delaying the release until we can go back to theaters Mm -hmm. and i often have had that experience of watching things later on because you know like so after i 
worked in LA and my job was like watching movies. I was like, fuck it. I don't want to watch any movies anymore. And I would watch a shit ton of TV. I would watch a movie's length of TV, <laughs> but the episodes felt different. But I was just like, fuck movies, you know? And this has been a recurring, oh, holy shit. <laughs> Did you think there was a spider on you? Sorry, team. <laughs> It's just my dog. Oh my god, that was amazing. It's an eight pound fluffy spider that I love. (laughs) Okay. Comedy comes in threes, Katie, so you have to do this at some point before we close up. (laughs) Yeah, so, but this has been a recurring thing with our friendship where I have been so disconnected from movies and what's coming out, even though it's been now 13 years. That y'all will talk about, like, oh my god, have you seen this in the theaters? Or have you seen this? Or this is coming out. And I'm just like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. To the point where, like, you know, y- y'all will poke fun at me and be like, did you even go to film school? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> Ashley. I was like, but the, I the, did too. But yeah, it's like, that's what's so, like, tough about this year and, and beyond is, like, we're not going to be able to have a lot of those experiences communally. Like, I'm thinking about when I saw Parasite when it opened in San Francisco with a, with a sold out show. And like, that was an event with every single person in that audience. And like that collective, like what is happening? Yeah. And it's like, this was a summer blockbuster when it came out. Like this is token summer blockbuster. And I just, I wish I could just go back in time and and maybe like find video of people watching this movie. Reaction shots. Reaction shots. They don't. Yeah. I did think this movie was a treatise on never moving to the country, which I was. I like that ending. I thought the ending was really funny. Yeah. When they're back in San Francisco and they're like, back to caffeine. I was like, why would you ever leave it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But uh, because it's an earthquake, and I'm like. Something that they know how to deal with. I will tell you, the last time I saw a spider in San Francisco was like four years ago in my apartment with my old my old roommate, Josh. And it was very early in the morning and I saw a spider and I was like, I need you to take care of this. So I just put a bowl over the spider and left him a note saying, please kill this for me. And I left. No, okay. So this is what we have not talked about, but you're never supposed to kill spiders okay, because spiders can... are actually really important. They eat all the insects. Okay, but the these like bird-eating bird spiders don't need to exist, Ashley. What, what do those birds do to them? Okay, that one wasn't real. But they're not in America. No, there are bird-eating spiders. spiders here. Shh, they, I don't want to go there. That's scary. Me. I saw, I watched this, a video of a giant spider eating an opossum. Why did you what? do that? Because I, I like to scare myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did find this cute animated short series called Lucas the Spider that this guy put together to make people less afraid of spiders. And it's an adorable little peacock spider. So if you want to like have a cute little, uh, little web series to watch, put in Lucas the Spider. It's really cute. I love that. I can I... handle that kind of spider. I will. I don't like killing spiders either. Except I will kill brown widows or black widows if oh, I yeah. see them they because they, be they, they are poisonous and we have animals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck those. I did feel a little bit bad today. We were cleaning the building because we're, you know, we're caretakers. So we were at the other building, and there were all these spider webs, and I just was like vacuuming them up. <laughs> and like, saw a spider that was running away, and I wanted to be like, "Run, little buddy!" But I was like, "But also, I have to destroy your I home." I have to destroy your so. home. No, um, I had like a, a white spider run across the screen of my computer a couple weeks ago during work. It was small, like, yeah. you know, smaller than a quarter. Maybe it was and, a spiderling. Oh, no, if it was smaller than a quarter, no. Yeah. And I just found like a piece of cardboard or something and flung it off of my screen. <laughs> yeah. like, Get out of here! Which probably killed it. Yeah. Which, oh. yeah, I'm surprised there aren't more movies about 
spiders beyond like the terrible sci-fi movies that are like spider tarantula chan and like whatever you know spider what versus Charlotte's godzilla Web? that's you know when i was doing some googling i saw a movie called uh, arachnaconda and i was like oh god, god. did you all ever see eight-legged freaks no, I wanted to. I like David Arquette, but... I think just seen parts of it. So, Katie, that's like giant spiders, like radioactive spiders. And it's hilarious, but also kind of scary. Like, the spiders, like, all have these funny noises. They kind of, like, they don't talk, but they'll squeak a lot, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> but you might like that one if you want, like, a big spider movie. So I was talking to my dad about us watching this movie, and he said it was based on an H.G. Wells story called Valley of the Spiders. But I read Valley of the Spiders. It's it's available for free online. It'll take you like 20 minutes to read it. And it's just like this group of people going down into this giant valley. They're trying to find this girl that ran away with some fugitives. And it's just all these giant spider sacks. And the they're all in the valley. And the guys that are bounty hunting are like, what are these gossamer tumbleweed things? And they're no. like, oh no, it's giant spiders. And it kills the horses and it kills, you know, the men and everything. Those poor horses. <laughs> No. Those poor fictional horses. This will be my final point in the movie, is that, like, this could happen. Like, it really could. Like, there are probably, in deep, deep, dark, like, jungle somewhere, spiders that are massive. Like, that could eat us. And that is why I will never leave my house ever again. <laughs> but Not also just because, because you can't. I, Not I because I the can't. I either, but that's for different reasons right now. Yes. <laughs> Just willingly won't. Yes. So, Ash, Katie, I'm guessing you're you're a one and done with this. Yeah, probably. I okay. mean, yeah, it, yeah. I'm not. Again, I'm not like a huge like spider movie person. Like, I'm not gonna wa- like. I don't watch. You know, like Sharknado. I don't watch like those kinds of movies. Oh my god, Sharknado was entertaining though. I mean, like if it's on, sure. But yeah. it, it like if I'm gonna watch a horror movie, this usually isn't the type of movie that I gravitate yeah, you towards. Like- you like darkness. I do. Oh my God. <laughs> but if it was on, like, you know, I wouldn't yeah. turn it off. It was yeah. fun, especially the ending. But uh, I probably would not go out of my way to to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And Ashley? I would. I'm not going to, like, run out and go watch it again. No. But if somebody was like, hey, we have arachnophobia, I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that was kind of scary. Yeah, I'll watch that again. I think maybe, like, when we can all congregate in groups again, I'm like, hey, everyone, let's have a party. Come over and let's watch this movie. Like, have a group of people watch it together. Because I, I think that's that. I that's what that. makes it even more entertaining is seeing everyone go, <laughs> and your dog <laughs> to come protect you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we could watch this kind of together and experience it. Me too. Thank you for opening my eyes to, to something like this. I did, yeah, I did enjoy fun. watching it because I was like, I'm going to have so much to talk to them about. Yeah, I really so that, loved that returning fun. to this. It was really fun to like kind of go back and remember being scared as a kid and still having it affect you. But let's transition because next week we're going to keep up with our, our theme. Katie, do you want to give us a preview? Okay, so to continue our scary, spooky, Halloween-esque movies, I am going to introduce you to this amazing movie. It's weird. It makes no sense but the effects are dope and they're on point dope it's a third (laughs) installment in a very well-known franchise without any recognition of the franchise itself yeah i'm going to introduce you to halloween 3 season of the witch okay so there's i don't i don't have to have seen the first two it has jack to do with michael myers Fucking nothing. Nothing, which is great because it was it, it was supposed to be kind of like an anthology 
like oh. kind of like American um, horror American story. horror story. So they had made this movie to kind of be a, a horror anthology in the Halloween series. Mm. And then they're like, no, we're totally stupid. Michael Myers is going to make us a shit ton of money. We should just make more Michael Myers movies. Season of the Witch has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Okay. It's got a very odd protagonist. Okay. Also, Halloween 3 is just like... I'll save my opinion for next time. <laughs> okay, okay, save it, save it. I, yeah, I, so, have no, I don't know anything about this. So you, you'll like it, it's fun. You'll have a lot to say about it just because the protagonist is such a drunk, dopey idiot. Okay. You I will mean, get the I, jingle uh, stuck in your head. Okay. Yes, you'll also get the song stuck in your head. Great, now I'm going to have that in my fucking head for the next week, Ashley. <laughs> oh, you will, but like then you'll hear the words and okay. it just won't. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Yep, so I'm um, very excited to show Graham Halloween 3. All right, that's exciting. I'm excited. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you all so much for joining us for our discussion of spooky, spooky spiders. Yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to remember the, the tagline. It was like eight legs, two fangs, and an attitude. So. <laughs> So great (laughs) to experience this. Yeah, let's meet up next week. Talk about some witches. Hell yeah. Join us next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.